Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on with the draft here and uh, our 10 to 1 countdown of the offensive tackles, a big one for the Baltimore Ravens in this draft. Uh, joining me today, Jake Bob Gray, Ken. Thank you so much Jake, for having me. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, it's pleasure is all ours and uh, and uh, a national guy here. We uh, we really appreciate having you on and uh, a guy who knows a lot about offensive line play from our previous discussions. Uh, so really happy to have you. Yes. Had you on as a know your foe guest for the Rams, correct? OK, wonderful. And uh, uh, that was a great show. I remember we're going to today count down 10 to one our offensive tackles in this draft. And we're just going to jump right in. My after Twitter we handle is Twitter. at JK Bogan. You can Jake? find all my content right in the link uh, tree, right in my bio. <clears throat> all right. Outstanding. <laughs> Getting a little bit of clicking from you here. Hopefully that goes away in time. But uh, but let's start with your number 10 guy. In this yeah, so my number 10 uh, happens to be Washington State's Abraham Lucas. Uh, I think he's very well-rounded as a prospect. I think he fits the right tackle mold uh, very well. Um, I think he could play left tackle. I'm not saying he's you know, going to be just, you know, stuck at right tackle. But I like his power at the point of attack. Uh, I think he's a very high IQ, uh, you know, football IQ player. Love, you know, he's very smooth in his pass sets. Um, And this is somebody that I think has adequate balance for the position. You don't see him overly, you know, lunging or anything like that. 
Um, he doesn't anchor as well as I would like. And I was a little bummed out uh, with his, you know, lateral mm-hmm. agility there. It uh, doesn't quite have that. Um, that's his biggest question mark, though, at the end of the day, is his anchor and his lateral, lateral mobility. Excuse me. Uh, he comes in at 10 for me. It's a, it's a, a good one. Uh, you know, I see a guy there who does sometimes get beat with speed. He blocks, I think, to the back pylon pretty well. When I mean that, 12 to 6 around the pocket, uses his length pretty well. His length is not exceptional. He's a little bit under... Not really what would be the Mendoza line. The Mendoza line is lower than 34 inches, but that's kind of where the Ravens minimum comes in for drafting is right around 34, and he's at 33 and 7 eighths. Obviously, that's not a big difference. I'm not saying it is. Wouldn't want the guy to be 33 and an eight. So it's, uh, you know, it's there is a big difference in there that the Ravens certainly include in their drafting. Um, I found his athleticism in space to be well above average for an offensive tackle. But I think, you know, one of the issues is he really doesn't have tremendous strength, not prototypical right tackle strength, not Orlando Brown uh, down blocking use of his body. You know, you see that in other guys like Darian Kennard in this draft uh, who, who are, are just mountain of men who use their strength, but aren't necessarily at the very top of the draft uh, in terms of, uh, of that. Uh, I would agree with you. I think Lucas is, pretty clearly not going to play left tackle in the NFL, um, that he's a right tackle. Uh, He does some things well, certainly. uh, Needs to anchor better against the bull rush if he's going to be effective in this league, I'd say. But but otherwise, I think we agree on that one. He was number eight on my list. Who do you Uh, have at uh, number 10? (laughs) Oh, number 10, right. I've got to say my number 10 guy. Let's go, and I will go with uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. And, uh, you know, probably not on everybody's list. Um, I played at Ohio State, right tackle in 2020, left tackle in 2021. A lot of people think he'll end up at guard in the NFL. Certainly not exceptional length at 33 and 5 eighths. Uh, has reasonably sized hands at 10 and 3 quarters. Uh, I think it's a little concerning that he didn't really play well against the Michigan guys against Hutchinson and, and uh, Ajabo, and he didn't play well against uh, Ebikidi. Uh, I am not sure uh, if he really fits the Ravens perfectly, but if they draft him, I think he's a guy that they think, well, we don't know if we've really got a right tackle spot open. And this guy could help us at guard or he could help us at tackle. There aren't many guys I like drafting for that. you you got to be sure he can move to right tackle when you need him because most guard tackles are really guards. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd want to really believe that he could move. In his case, I do believe it. I do believe he can play right tackle. Uh, I think he really probably does not feed the need to play left tackle, which... Yeah, he didn't quite make my list. list. Um, You know, I do have him at tackle. I'm actually one of those people, you know, if someone wants to take a tackle to guard, I'm actually more so on the tackle side of things. Uh, So I didn't actually move him to guard on my board, but Mm -hmm. uh, he is somebody that just comes in, you know, around the 11, 12 range. I think he's right on the cusp. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think he he belongs at least on the cusp of being in the top 10. You have him top 10. I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, Number nine for me, I'm not seeing anything on this guy. No one's really talking about him, but Jalen McKenzie from USC, I actually really came away impressed with. Uh, First off, I think he's very coachable. And this is somebody, when I watch the tape, I see this guy, he's not somebody that's going to get beat twice by the same thing, which I love because you see that still in the NFL. It's the same guys, you know, they they struggle with this sort of archetype of, of pass rusher. That is not really the issue with Jalen McKenzie. I see a guy that's prepared for almost any sort of situation he's going to get into. He's stout and pass pro. He plays quick and effective. He's an all-around very, he has all-around very impressive technique. I was very impressed with his technique. I don't know why he's not being talked about more. Maybe some want to move him to guard. I don't know i just haven't seen him on any consensus big boards um he's not horrible in the run game but he, he's not great i think that's his biggest question mark is you know how much better is he going to get there I, i'd like to see him be more physical i'd like to see him be a finisher so to speak um and i feel like that is something that he can get better i think this is somebody i look at he was solid in college i came away very impressed with this film and I'll be honest with you, Ken, I think he's going to be a better NFL pro because I think in the right circumstance, and keep in mind there are coaches out there that may not be the best fit for him, but a, a very coachable guy like this, if he goes to the right system or, you know, the right, you know, coaching staff, I think he can work on that, uh, you know, his run blocking. And I think he can become a very good player in this league. 
Does he end up on the uh, on the right um, side? Does I he end up him, at guard? Where do you end up with him? I do. Um, I'm not saying this is more so a guy that would be okay. like a second tier starter at left tackle. You know, at his best, I don't necessarily think you're getting a Pro Bowl. You know, top. I mean, he could be a Pro Bowler someday, but you can't expect him to come in and be like a bookend left tackle for the next 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So I feel he is somebody that can play left tackle. He can play Mm -hmm. right tackle. I'm sure he could play guard, but I prefer him as a tackle. And I came away very impressed with this film as a guy that I'm just not hearing anything about. Well, it's, it's impressive. I've, I've heard the name during the college football season. I did not scout him in this process. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking now when, you, when you're mentioning the name again, and I'm seeing he's, he's fairly far down on a lot of tackle boards, you know, in the 30s in, on some and the 20s on others, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is cool. I mean, hey, if you like a guy like that and he turns out, that shows you Jake, it really knows his stuff. And uh, you probably heard more about him being out at USC and you and wonderful that's uh that's that's a good one i uh not on my list but i respect the selection let's uh move ahead here and number nine for me is a guy who a lot of people are gonna have higher on their list but kellen dish of arizona state uh to me i there are things to like about him and there are also some things not to like about him obviously i haven't the ninth best offensive tackle and maybe we go back and forth a little bit on this but arm length of 32 and a quarter is a huge no-no and, uh, you know, a lot of otherwise how you would think about the guy is as a left tackle. The other thing is, by the way, if you have 32 and a quarter inch arms and you only do 24 bench reps as a tackle, that's very unimpressive. Long arm players usually have a lot of trouble with the bench, uh, you know, they, and they're not able to, to um, display real legitimate strength they have, play strength they have in, in, in through a bench press. But uh, uh, doing that was not good. Um, he's been in college for six seasons. He'll be 25 in August. Um, I know it's not the same as a running back where that would be an absolute killer. You know, the guy who would play that long in, in college, but it's still not good. I mean, it's you know, to, to have been in there for, for that long. Just so many red flags for me. Um, I think he's the kind of player, he may be off a lot of team sports, but I don't think he'll be off 31 other boards that the Ravens can look at him and say, I'll put a hard cap and draft capital of, you know, a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick on him. I think there are people, unfortunately, you know, for them who are going to, who are going to jump on him a little bit earlier than that. And uh, uh, that said, there aren't that many, you know, truly outstanding tackles. And he's, he's done a lot of things well in college. Obviously he's been there a very long time, but he's done a lot of things well in college in terms of converting his blocks. Right. Yeah. He's actually somebody that didn't make my top 10 either, like right around the borderline for me. Um, I do like him, Mm -hmm. but I, I like him as like a swing tackle. I like his footwork, but I, I have an issue with just overall, he's so slim. You know, that, that's I don't know why that just so mm-hmm. that bothers me. I, I've fallen in love with tackles before that. I just love how, you know, technical they are and in their footwork and everything going for them. And then they're, they're you know, slim. And I'm like, oh, no worries. Uh, you know, when they get to the NFL, it'll be fine. And then it only gets worse. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm kind of more so thinking about, you know, the 60 year senior coming out. Like there's some like you said, I mean, really, you hit on it. There's a lot of red flags for me to put him in the top 10. All right. Well, we got another one coming up who kind of meets this same thing, and that's very highly rated on a lot of boards. So I'm going to interested to hear what you have to say about that. But let's hear your number. I have Spencer Burford. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name uh, from UTSA. Uh, A very explosive athlete can be over aggressive. I think that's his biggest issue. Um, But at the end of the day, I came away pretty impressed with a very well-rounded game on his end. Uh, You talk about a guy that you know, typically you want your 300-pound offensive tackle. He does play a little bit below that. He could add to that. I, I wouldn't mind if he did that. I just love his desire and his ability to get to the second level. Uh, like I said, it is the aggression. It is the fact that he does whiff. That is an issue I have there. Um, but he's got active hands and footwork. And, you know, at the end of the day, he does need to improve upon his anchor. Uh, that is something that I've noticed. Um, tends to get, you know, kind of shot off his feet a little bit. Um, but overall, impressive athlete, work on functional strength and his uber aggression. I think this guy can be a good tackle in the NFL, uh, preferably right tackle. Um, and I've seen a lot of people say he's a guard. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't you know, challenge anybody on that because I just saw him as a guy that can play tackle in the NFL, but I wouldn't you know, go against anybody saying he could be a guard. 
But when when you have um, a guy with his kind of length, and he's almost thirty five inches, but uh, maybe has some mobility issues. If you put him at guard, particularly on the right side to open up the front door on the power run game, because as we know, most NFL teams are right-handed in terms of how they run the ball. So most of their pulling goes from left to right. So your, your right guard has a very key responsibility. Left guard has a key responsibility too, but the right guard has a key responsibility in terms of pivoting that defensive tackle uh, either to either side, frankly. Um, and he, he could, do you th- see him as a guy who would have that yes. role? Yes, I think he should play on the right side. Um, I mean, like I said before, you know, it's not like he could never play on the left side, but I, I think he's more of like, I wouldn't mind him at right guard, um, but I think he projects best to right tackle mm-hmm. in my opinion. Okay. All right. Outstanding. Um, now, I, I have to admit, this is another guy where I did not even look at tape of the guy. We had the Ravens draft a guy in the third round last year. I hadn't even looked at it on tape. So, so this is not really <laughs> shocking, but uh, uh, it was a real weird reach of a pick, but, uh, but it was what it was. But, but in, t- in terms of Burford's case, is he a guy who uses his length well in terms of an outside? I would say he run? does. Uh, I think really I just came away, you know, impressed with his well-rounded approach. Like I said, his anchor needs to improve. That's something that needs to improve uh, because he, he is going to get uh, bulldozed in the NFL if he doesn't improve upon that. But he does have the potential to be an NFL starter because of the fact that he is so well-rounded in the fact that he can be, he has great, you know, pass sets. And then I think the thing that I really like about him is he's not the most, you know, athletic guy in the room, but his desire, you know, you oftentimes see in college, sometimes guys don't even want to get to the second level. He gets to the second level. His biggest issue is that he's too aggressive. So I think that's something that, you know, NFL coaches can pinpoint and they can kind of help him out. It's either going to get fixed or it's not. But either way, even if it doesn't, I still think he's an NFL starter. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that specifically because, first of all, I think the Ravens love to use these combination blocks, particularly when they're down blocking from right tackle, to get at that tackle up at maybe not a whole level even, but a half a level, as I call it, to hit that scraping linebacker. So he's got to have a little bit of mobility, but doesn't he, Orlando Brown can get by doing it. You know, you don't yeah. need outstanding mobility. Um, but but to, to be able to seal that edge and, and, and hit that uh, – that scraper. Uh, It's, it's interesting because there are a lot of left tackles and right tackles in this draft who have this killer instinct where they basically not only want to pancake the guy, but then stand over him and and, and pull his heart (laughs) out and eat it rather than make a second block. It's like, I, I, it's, it's tribal almost in terms of what's going on. I mean, you know, I was in a bad way or anything. It's just, it's, it's very, it's very weird. So let's see. Burford Uh, was your number seven guy. Number eight. Okay, so Abraham Abraham Lucas was my number eight guy. So So number seven, seven. Bernard Ryman. I came away really liking him, Um, thinking this is a guy that's more developmental. uh, But, you know, it's more so the nuance of his game, right? He needs more polish, but I came away. He's a good athlete. Um, You know, I think he's way ahead of where you would consider him to be, uh, seeing as the fact he transferred from the tight end position in 2020. So I love Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, he went from wide receiver to offensive line, but that's still impressive um, where he's at. Uh, You know, he's tough to move. He's got a great anchor, which you love to see because we've already talked about some guys that don't have that. And they've played it a lot longer than Mm him. Um, You know, solid use of his hands. Uh, I think he's got some massive upside Uh, with the right coaching. He could be very good. Um, you know, and I like him in the run game. I think his biggest question mark is the fine tuning of his mechanics. And, uh, you know, I think just handling different archetypes of pass rushers, because I just don't feel like, you know, he hasn't been playing that position that long. So I am concerned with the idea you go up against, you know, a Danelle Hunter, and then you go up against, say, you know, Aaron Donald coming off, you know, a, a stunt or something like like how are you going to approach that? You know, different types of guys that are coming at you, speed rushers, guys that convert speed to power, guys that are just straight up power rushers, guys that can beat you with counters. I want to see him excel in that before I say that he's 100 percent going to be, you know, a starter in this league. But I think he's a developmental starter that's probably closer to be a, being a starter than not. 
that's a that's a really good review. Now, Ryman is a guy, he's ranked very highly by some groups, you know, top four, top five. Some people, you know, project him into the first round. I think, you know, it'd be more reasonable to say this is a this is a guy you take a shot on in the second round or even the third round developmentally. Um, he, the arm length is a big question for me. And he's at 32 and seven eights. That's that's too short. Everything else the guy has done at the college level is just outstandingly consistent. I mean, he's he's been so good. Now he has played at Central Central Michigan Mid America Conference, so it's not the it's it's a um, group of five conference. Right? I have that yeah. right, right? Okay, so it's not a Power Five conference. Obviously, um, it, it, he looks like a slightly slow tight end in terms of explosiveness and power, and that's good. For attack, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's actually a compliment. Um, it's, it's. I think it's very difficult to identify. You mentioned the pass rush plans and the different things he'll face, the different tricks he'll face. There's certainly a lot more of that um, than it will face at the Mid America Conference in the NFL. And we wouldn't expect anything less for for any player, even if they if they were coming from Alabama or Georgia. Um, I think he, he he's terrific mirror. He gets in good position in the run game. Uh, he's a very positional player, by the way. He's he's not a um, power finisher, even at this level. Uh, Penning, for example, is the opposite in almost every way um, from this guy. Much longer, bigger player, uh, finishes his blocks like nobody's business. Uh, uh, Penning's level of competition is a lot lower, but uh, but Ryman, uh, interesting player. I don't know where he'll, draw, he'll, he'll go, and to me, he's the tackle with the biggest spread in terms of of the early guys anyway, of the, of where he might be picked. So it I wouldn't shock me if he goes at number 24 or something. It also wouldn't shock me if he went at 75 or, or even a little bit later than that. So we'll see, we'll see how that happens. A lot, a lot of teams need offensive tackles and uh, you know, somebody may say this guy's a good guy for the right side, but to me, he's got left tackle pass blocking traits without left tackle size and that is a big big red flag for me i still have him on my list and i actually had a ryman at number five so i had him higher than you did so uh but that's why he didn't go higher for me i think obviously when you look at the potential and that's why i think he was higher than where he could have been on my list because i think the other guys come in that are ahead of him me look at mckenzie i think mckenzie can start you know right away I think Abraham Lucas can start right away, but you know, those guys don't have maybe the potential that a guy, you know, like Ryman does have. Um, and I think you, who was your seventh now? <laughs> okay. Oh, so my number seven was, uh, Darian Kennard of, uh, of, of Kentucky. So, uh, uh, definitely a guy I really liked. And I really fell in love with him after watching the uh, Gator Bowl performance against NC State. Just an outstanding uh, uh, game he had. He wasn't perfect in the game. You don't see it. But you see one thing you, you notice time after time is his th- he has 35-inch arms. He latches on to his opponent. And there's very little bounce in the opponent, meaning it's very unusual that the opponent is able to bounce off first contact, which means he's grabbing jersey. He's getting to the inside of the, 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 the defender a lot of times. Did a very good job of that. Uh, very violent player. He must have had at least half a dozen pancakes. I count pancakes a little differently because if, if he's down blocking and there's another guy on him, it's not really his pancake anymore. He doesn't get credit for it. So I lost count of, of exactly, but his opponent was on the ground a lot. Uh, Kentucky has an interesting system, a, a heavy run system, by the way, um, but they really uh, have their uh, tackles, uh, sorry, they they um, had their tackles down block a lot in the way the Ravens 2019 offense worked, where they would block an edge defender with air and let Lamar Jackson uh, read that defender and then beat him. Uh, that would be a very interesting addition for the Ravens, might change the way that they run their offense again to back to more pistol. Um, last year, uh, they ran a lot of sidecar. In 2020, they kind of mixed it up between pistol and sidecar, but sidecar means your running back is usually going to the outside just for folks out there. I know, I know Jake would know this, but, um, and they usually would, would complement that with jet motion coming from the other side. So they, they threaten all three areas of the field, put stress on it. Uh, Kennard is a player who I think fits that mold. Now here's the downside. He, he really is only a right tackle to me. His, his body type and who he is, he's just, he's not going to move the left side. He's not quick enough. Uh, and, and I think that that 
is the one downside because the Ravens, if they need a tackle, they also need a tackle who can be flexible and play on that left side. So Kennard, I, I don't think he meets their needs in terms of no, that. I, but I love Kennard. I, really I just like have him, him as a player. So that's why he's not on my list. But I, I love him. I, I love, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. You As soon as you mentioned that, that tribal comment, he's the first name that popped in my head. Like, it's like he just wants to kill you. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a stone cold killer. I mean, that's that's what you know, Kennard is. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I, I I definitely am with you on the love. I just I had him at guard, but I would not mind. I mean, again, I'm more of a tackle guy. When a guy's playing tackle, I like to keep him there. So I was a little surprised, but I actually really like him at guard. I think he projects really well, and I think you know I've seen him going in the third round in mocks. I think this mm-hmm. guy's going to go a lot higher than some people think. Probably even you know late first, early second. <laughs> okay, well, we could put five bucks on that one, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I, I I like him at guard also, and I think he's he mm. I, like I I said earlier, he really is a prototype right guard. I, I don't think you'd want your left guard with feet like him moving. Even though I did see him uh, run a few counters in the game against Florida, sorry, the game against Florida, the game against NC State. Um, but but I think he makes more sense as a guy who can twist that defensive tackle any way he wants, and the characteristic of being able to latch onto that that defender quickly is what allows you to apply that torque and apply all that that strength he's got uh it would make a lot of sense at right guard to me so yeah. I'm, i i'd be with you and and i think that's the fallback position on him so if you draft you know darian Kennard, and and particularly if you're the baltimore ravens you're hoping zeitler doesn't get hurt but he is a guy who could fill in there he could fill in a tackle if you need him you wouldn't want to move into left tackle but you'd have morgan moses move and fail there at left tackle instead, and you, and you keep Kennard at right tackle and, and have that hopefully work out. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I think he's a, he's a decent pick for the Ravens as well. Let me, uh, let's see. Daniel that, he was my number seven and I guy. almost so wanted to put him higher guy. because I absolutely love this guy. I mean, I just love, you know, I mean, I just love watching. I mean, I love the fact he's running touchdowns in. He's, <laughs> he's the biggest, you know, college player I've ever seen. Um, nope. But you know what's more impressive is that, I mean, obviously it's the bank's best anchor in the draft. When you're that big, there's no excuse to be moved. But just I'm so impressed with mm-hmm. the movement and the suddenness he has at that size. And I think when I see people that are mm-hmm. very critical of his game, I feel like they're like looking at him in terms of how a 310 uh, offensive tackle should look. You know what I mean? Like the way he is, uh, you know, just criticized yeah. is like the same way, you know, Charles Cross is criticized. You know, like I just don't feel like they're the, they're, I mean, I know they're not the same type of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing like this guy that I've seen. The first name that pops in my head is King Dunlap uh, because of just how freakish mm-hmm. he was. But I think he's going to be better than Dunlap was. Uh, not that Dunlap was great, but. You know, I like this guy a lot. Um, I think he can obviously dominate at the point of attack. Um, he's got some surprising ability in his pass sets. That's something that I was very impressed with. And I think the biggest issue is just his freakish size. I mean, like we haven't really seen a player of that that size before. I think he moves extremely well for that size. Um, but I think my biggest concern is, you know, being a Rams fan, I see Rob Havenstein struggles against uh, speed rushers. You know, how well is Falele going to go against speed rushers when he's way bigger than Havenstein? You know what I mean? So that's my only real concern with him. I think he's going to have a successful NFL career. I think he's a starter, and I think he's going to be kind of one of those guys that gets a ton of attention because of the size, and maybe even the casual fans will like him because of just how big he is, and he'll become a big name because of that. But I think his play speaks for itself, too. And I think this is somebody that is only going to get better over time in the NFL. And, you know, teams are going to take him off the board because of how tall he is and and how, you know, thick he is. But I think there's going to be one team out there that really falls in love with him and he's going to go higher than some think. And I don't really I've seen him go in the fourth round. I don't see that. I think he could go in the second or third um, I don't think the first, but I think the uh, no, second or third, late. there's going to be one team that absolutely falls in love with him, and I think he's going to do something. To- totally with you. In fact, I'd be kind of upset if if he's on the board and the Ravens don't use one of their third round picks on him. I wouldn't even. I don't. Not even sure. I'd be you know tremendously critical if they use number forty five on him. I, I'd prefer they trade down and get him with about sixty. But uh, you know, he's he's definitely a 
Very intriguing talent. There's so much to like here. Length is all there, and you'd expect that in a guy his size, of course, at 6'8 and almost 390 pounds. Um, despite the length at 35 and an eighth, did 24 bench reps. And remember, we got on, I think it was Deech, for 24 bench reps with 32 and a quarter inch arms. At 35 and an eighth, that's terrific. It's it's just it's a it's a night and day difference. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, he's he's played football for very little time now. I don't generally give players a lot of credit for that, but I do look at it and say there's still upside in terms of refinement for his game. You mentioned the suddenness; it is apparent. The guy actually has a decent mirror. Uh, you know, and when he's when he can't mirror, when he gets beaten by speed, he still has good twelve to six ability. So he uses length well. Uh, to get that guy south of the pocket, to get his edge rusher south of the pocket. There are lots of developmental questions uh, in his case, I think. Uh, but if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're looking at this guy, one of the things they love to do is down block and then go up half a level with their right tackle. Putting Filele out in space is more of a difficult situation for him. But going up a half level, it's exactly where you want that wall built. And and he, I think he'd be very effective in exactly that role. And, and again, he's the kind of right tackle might make you rethink how you run your offense. If you have a guy like that, because Orlando Brown in 19 and 20 was absolutely fantastic doing exactly that on the right side. So uh, I, I like, um, I, you know, I, I like him a lot. I don't, I don't think I over like him. I'm not, I, I, I don't believe he's going to end up being a left tackle in the NFL. I think he ends up being a right tackle. I, I, um, I think I had the most very, fun watching very him. intriguing player. And he also, yeah, oh yeah. Also, so my, my number, number six five guy. guy. Oh, we so both have let's go to your number awesome. five guy. Uh, number five, I have Trevor Penning. Um, I just he's the meanest dude in the draft. I, I mean, he is. He's another guy, another name that popped in my head with the tribal comment. Yep. Um, you know, just he's more of a run mauler than a great pass protector, though. And yes. I think that's my biggest concern. And I, it's my biggest concern because of the level of competition, which I normally don't hold against guys. But I would have liked to see him, you know, play a lot better uh, as a pass protector against that level of competition. He had some duds. On, on tape, uh, which was a little concerning. I think the senior bowl definitely made up for that, though. Um, but he did also have some bad reps, especially against uh, my fellow uh, Kansas guy, Kyron Johnson. Um, but anyway, you know, patient and pass, bro. I do like that. Um, I do think he can get pushed around a little bit. I don't think he has the greatest anchor, but I think, you know, as far as in the run game, he is a mauler, uh, a physical force at the point of attack. Um, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not, a you know, again, I'm not a big believer in the level of competition. Uh, so I still think this guy could go in the first round um, and, and, you know, probably will go in the first round. Let me just say that um, he's very physical. My biggest question mark just remains <clears throat> that it, it's pass protection with him and that he tends to play really high. Um, you know, I like to see him get lower. He, he plays really high, and I think, you know, different pass rushers, very crafty pass rushers in the NFL, and maybe not even crafty, will be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, it definitely can can get straightened up. It doesn't have that good reverse C you like to see when, when a, a, you know, a, a pass rusher comes at you and gets the bull rush going to re-anchor with that. Um, yeah. Man among boys playing in the FCS, uh, you know, a lot of one-on-one reps. He wins right off the snap in the run game. That's going to change in the NFL. He's going to, he's going to have more trouble, but he's an immense uh, guy. Um, (laughs) He's like the bully on the school bus and in a good way, but not in a good way. He had 34 penalties in his last 31 games in college football. And, you know, you see it. On, on tape, you see it at the senior bowl where he's, you know, punching somebody on the ground and stuff. I mean, it's going to be penalty after penalty called on this guy, I'm afraid, at the NFL level. Um, they're going to have to coach that out of him. And I, I did not get a split of those, by the way, between false start penalties and illegal man downfield and stuff that, that you know, is, is a cost of doing business maybe, but versus the ones that were real cheap shoddy penalties. But I'm sure there were a fair number of these cheap shots just based on watching the, the you know, the, the tape I saw. Um I have the same context of play questions you had, and we just you know came off a year where Spencer Brown played at Northern Iowa as well, and uh, uh, you know was was not as good, frankly, as Penning was this year. I thought Penning was better. Uh, arm length is all there. He's got a sub five forty. That's something people don't talk about a lot, but 
that translates very well to being able to move in space. He'll still be a little bit of a lunger, I think, when it comes to getting ahead of a, um, uh, a uh, screen blocking system because all linemen are, are slower at their 495 speeds than the 455 guys that they're trying to, you know, keep pace with. But, uh, but uh, he's an he's a unbelievable athletic specimen. Um, I don't really have a lot of pass blocking flaws with the guy, but then a lot of that's from playing at this level. Um, I think that, that the context is really hiding it. I, and I do think if you're not sure about where this guy plays because of the context of his play so far, if your rule is the left tackle's worth a number one pick and the right tackle's worth a number two pick, then I think this guy fits easily into the end of the first round. Uh, and I think that, that's the way I've seen the Ravens do it. They've usually drafted their right tackles. The guys are not 100% sure about. They kind of cap them out at a second round pick. And, uh, and I'd be fine with that. If they, if they draft him late in the first, they trade down, maybe to get there, I'd be really excited about that. To me, he's number four, easily so the top choice. He, he's the, not uh, number four for me, um, but he is, he is uh, number five, you know, like I just said. And, and I think mm-hmm. what's interesting, Ken, is I had two names that kind of popped in my head when I watched him. Uh, the first one, you talked about the penalties, Richie Incognito. I mean, just that that level of just, I don't care, I'm mm-hmm. going to punch you in the mouth. Yep. Like, that's Richie Incognito. But another one, his <laughs> run mauling ability and, you know, physical, you know, freak, you know, athleticism uh, reminded me of Greg Robinson. I know that might scare people, but people also forget Greg Robinson was supposed to be a very good run mm-hmm. blogger. I think the biggest issue with Robinson at the next level, I could tell you this is the biggest issue, he didn't really work hard off the field, you know, in the film room. But if we're talking as far as what he could do as a right. run blocker, yeah, I kind of he reminds me a little bit of Greg Robinson. The fact that he's just a true run mauler uh, and, you know, his ability to get to the second level is going to be a lot of fun to see. And kind of honestly, a little bit of Andrew Whitworth-esque as well uh, because of that athleticism. People forget how good of an athlete Andrew was uh, coming out of LSU. Well, there you have it with with Penning. I think he kind of remind mm-hmm. me of all three of those guys in a, a, a little bit of a way. Uh, first of all, I oh, want to do something you. I didn't do already. But congratulations yeah. to your Jayhawks last night. That was a that was a, a fantastic game, and uh, really, uh, I did not know what to expect. You know, coming into it, but uh, but they got the job done. Very 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 good to see. Okay, I, I'm I'm an ACC fan, but a Maryland fan from years ago, and so whenever North Carolina and Duke lose, I'm pretty happy. So seeing Shashevsky gone. A game before, and then well, it's you know, it's North funny because uh, you guys Manning. just um, kind of works recently. Me. Danny Manning just became the interim, and uh, I'm a diehard Danny Manning fan, so I'm rooting for Maryland. Yeah. And on top of it, before we get back into football, real quick, Kevin Herter went to my school. Yeah, so yeah, Kevin Kevin Herter went to my school. He's, really? he's the only cool. uh, player. He's the shooter. only player from Shenandoah High School yeah. to go to the NBA. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yeah, that's good. Good new news. Uh, all right. So we're up to your number. Okay. Four guy, I believe, because Ryman is my number five. So guy. this is out there a little bit. And who's uh, your but four guy? I could not believe how much I ended up liking Arkansas's Myron Cunningham. Um, I was really impressed, and I'm not going to say that this guy. He's at four because right now he's like Jawan James coming out of Tennessee. Uh, I you know I think he's a plug and play guy that just does everything well. I don't think he's got a really high ceiling. I think he's got a really high floor based on what I watched. Um, I just don't think he has anything that's elite. So why is he number four? Because I actually covet that more in a sense because, you know, and it's going to depend on who's drafting him. Like if you're a bad team, like say Houston, I wouldn't draft this guy. But if you're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, make a run at a Super Bowl uh, and, and you're missing a tackle and you're just looking for a plug and play guy, this might be your guy. I think he could play either side, left tackle or right tackle. Um, I think his biggest question mark is that he's not overly explosive. And like I talked about, he's not an elite at anything. But I think he's the jack of all trades and the fact that I think he's good in the run game. He's got good anchor. He's got good overall size and length. Um, this is the most balanced player at the position in the draft, in my opinion, uh, that I came away with. And I couldn't believe how much I liked him because I never see him going anywhere in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or even sixth. I've been seeing him going in the seventh. But I just, like, I don't really care about that. I, I watch these guys and I rank them based on what I see on film. And I just came away really impressed with Myron Cunningham. 
I really appreciate the independence you have from other people's lists in this. That's really that's really good to hear. It means you're doing your work and and whatnot. Cunningham, uh, you know, it certainly has the, the the length that you would covet. And if you're correct, he probably can play on either side. He probably can play on the left side if needed. I'm going to ask questions about this because I didn't look at the guy. But how how about I think, his yeah? Footwork? I think he's got how, great footwork. I think really, together, if you want me to say it, I will. I think he's the safest prospect at the position in the draft hmm. meaning your draft capital you would expend you expect to be lower so the the, the top exactly. three guys are and i'm thinking this guy the, i mean the way people are talking about him he'll be available okay. on day three and if i can get myron cunningham on day three i'm doing that because you know if i'm looking for instance my rams if i if i need a tackle you know havenstein's a free agent after the season I mean, Myron Cunningham would make a lot of sense. I think he's somebody that can be plug and play right away, but he's even better if he gets to sit behind a guy like Havenstein, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, you have now got me excited about Myron Cunningham coming to the Ravens on, on day three. That's uh, that's great news. Well, it's uh, my number four guy is Penning. So this so is the, the top three. You know, Let's obviously go we're, we're going to have the same guys, uh, probably different order, maybe the same order. Oh. I have Charles Cross at three. I've seen him going, uh, you know, number one out of them uh, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think he's more of a pass protector, offensive tackle, uh, needs to improve in the run blocking area of his game. Um, I think he arguably has the highest ceiling at, for the position. Um, best pass sets, uh, you know, out of the, t- the big three, so to speak. Uh, he's a great athlete. Uh, he's got good hand technique, um, very good balance. I was really impressed with his balance. Doesn't, you know, lunge like the guy that I actually do have ahead of him. Uh, and I think the biggest question mark is play strength at the point of attack for, for Charles Cross. But, you know, other than that, if you want a pass protector uh, that can come in and you know, obviously, I think he could start right away. Um, it's more so the the gamble of that he's a first round, you know, pick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to cost. Yeah, exactly. But I really like him. He comes in right. three for it's me. It's a draft capital. Yeah, yeah. I I do I do too. I, I like him and all the things I've seen about one of the, any of these three tra- tackles dropping to the Ravens at fourteen. I just don't really believe. Uh, part of it is I, I'm not going to let myself believe until draft night, and then I can get real excited about it if it happens to happen. But I don't see any of these three guys really probably even dropping out of the top ten, but definitely not dropping dropping to fourteen. Uh, Cross has that that arm length that most teams covet. Yeah, what I liked about him is there is a lot of. Um, two-hand usage initially, but I think also he does have, uh, he keeps his uh, um, uh, elbows tucked fairly well so that people don't get to his pads. Now, with his length, it's not the same kind of risk it is with other with other tackles, but I think he was very good even independently. And, and this is one thing I, I kind of like to talk about on the offensive line show a little bit, is that uh, playing, if you don't ever use your hands independently, don't, don't have to do it every snap. But if you don't ever do it, it's like playing pinball where you can only press both flippers at the same time. Yeah, That's that's what it's like. Because, I mean, it's just it, – we will lose you a lot of balls in pinball to do that. Now, <laughs> that does not resonate with a lot of 20-somethings who've never played a game of pinball, you know, as opposed to me at 59 who has played a lot of pinball in, in, in his life and enjoyed it. So, anyway, I, I it's it's one thing that, that, that uh, uh, I thought with Cross was pretty good was that independent hand usage was there. Um, he might have the best mirror in the class. Uh, I, he, he does not sacrifice a lot of depth to do it. Now, the, the, the counterexample to that is Ronnie Stanley, who has a great mirror, has, does a great job of staying in front of the guy in front of him. But in order to do it, he sacrifices depth and willingly does it. And it's, it's something that works very well with who Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson can take a bump from the blind side like no other quarterback I've ever seen and not be flustered by it. And he just moves normally, naturally to the right and, and, and gets away from the play. Uh, doesn't need to be seeing that. Has tremendous trust with Stanley. Uh, with Cross, I mean, you just you don't see the, get that pocket get invaded with the same regularity. So I, I, I think that's really nice. Um, you look back to 2020, he did not play as well. Uh, he, I think he... He probably, you know, the step up is good. I, there's no, there's no negative that I would that I would take from that. I'm not going to 
you know, look at his 2020 play and say, well, he's not good enough to play anymore. But uh, I think he's, he, he probably could play on either side in the NFL level. Uh, he'd be a versatile guy where I think in, in his case, if he somehow dropped to 14, he is exactly the insurance the Ravens need for Ronnie Stanley's future health, that he could go and he could play right tackle if that's where he belongs. Morgan Moses can, can be the swing guy. Morgan Moses can be the replacement. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, and then if anything happens to Stanley or Stanley's not really ready to go, then I think crosses your left tackle. And, and we see how that goes. So he's the, he'd, he'd be, I, I, I would think be he's getting out of the top 10. If he somehow sorry. dropped to 14. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think so you're right. Is, he was also uh, my number three guy. This is guy, me so going back. Down to number you know, two for before you. the season, I said Evan Neal is the best tackle in the draft. And as the season progressed, and I watched a ton of Alabama, um, I got to say he's not. He's number two for me. Um, I came away impressed, you know, but at the same time, almost a little disappointed. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I just feel like this guy is monster size. He's explosive beyond all reason. I mean, maybe the most explosive tackle uh, out of all of them. Um, you know, supreme positional versatility. He played, you know, all over the offensive line at Alabama. Um, he uses his length extremely well. So it's Jake. Why do you think he's two? Well, I mean, two is also not bad, but his lateral mo- mobility is a question mark for me. Despite the fact that he's so explosive, I feel like not everyone realizes that explosiveness doesn't always translate to lateral mobility because uh, it doesn't with him. And his balance really bothers me. Ken, this is a guy that is going to lunge, lunge, lunge. I mean, he really, he he flails at times. And I love the guy. I think he's going to be very good. But, in you know, those snaps where he gets beat bad, they could be catastrophic because of how badly he can get beat. So he's going to have those flashy wins where he just dominates. But then he's also going to have those, you know, those losses. And I, guys like that are honestly the biggest, uh, you know, roll of the dice when it comes to the first round. And as much as I really like him, that is a concern of mine. respect that judgment entirely. I, I do have Neil at number one. Um, you know, what I really love about him is, is something you didn't mention, which is, I think his, I, I actually consider his lateral mobility pretty good, but one thing I see is short choppy steps and you see a very good base, a guy who keeps a, you know, base that's about what, maybe 18 inches apart, pretty much all the way through the pass block. And last year we watched Alejandro Villanueva. Now he's, He's an, kind of an undersized 6'8 guy, if such a thing can exist, or 6'7 guy, where people get underneath his pads and he starts crossing his legs, or clicking his heels like he wants to go back to Kansas. Well, Kansas, yeah, I've rolled that in here again. But, but anyway, I, I, I didn't see that from, from Neil, and it's something I really like about him. And it's not something I think you see regularly from a guy who's his monstrous size. I think there, is, there are oftentimes a lot of uh, top heaviness and balance issues that come from that. So your balance issues, now let me get this straight are more about him getting out in front of his feet. He tends to overextend himself. To so, so yes, um, you know, right. I, I notice it's more like lunging forward type deal. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it, it looks worse when we're going through and we're dissecting the film and we're watching it. Like I watch it in 50, you know, to 75, not 100, but I'll watch it in 50 to 75, slow down the film. And when I'm watching that, it looks way worse. So I am being a little ridiculous mm-hmm. in that sense. But I mean, this is what it's like splitting hairs between these three. These three are great. They're top 10 prospects. And it's like you almost have to discredit them in order They're to find great, out yep. who you really like with number one, because it's so hard to you know break that up for, for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw this out there because, you know, the game I watched every single play, and I try to do this with every prospect, if I can get one game of every play, it's kind of a minimum. But for, for him, it was the Florida game. Uh, it did a very good job uh, not ever having to revert to 12 to 6 blocking during the game. So, you know, you'll see a guy who starts to get beat by speed. The guy has to use his length to redirect the guy south of the pocket. And a guy like Evan Neal wouldn't have any problem. Uh, you know, pushing a guy south of the pocket with his kind of length and his kind of power and weight, he you know he brings to the table. But he didn't even really have to do it. The space between him and the quarterback was huge. Uh, so I, I was impressed by that. But again, you know, one game and and you know you you you, you try and 
project that at other things. There may have been other uh, edges who really gave him trouble, and there certainly will be better edges at the NFL level that will have to face. Uh, to me, he's a guy who can start on either side. You start him on the right side, that's fine. Same kind of Stanley insurance in terms of the Ravens. I think you, you, you'd stick him in there at left tackle as soon as uh, the need arose. Uh, if he had, I, I, Honestly, this is a big deal. We keep just keeps coming up, but I think the Ravens really need to get insurance for Ronnie Stanley. In well, the I mean, he's had two injuries, last year right? And, two catastrophic and, uh, really injuries. Their season. Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie had one that he, that he, he yeah. uh, didn't. So recover I mean, from, they don't have a choice. Back I mean, really, it's not like a normal yeah. thing where he came back and he's all good. Yeah. Like he had the complications and then wasn't able to come back. And it's like you. You know, in a perfect world with no injuries, then, yeah, I'm not drafting a left tackle. but And I might look at another position. But, yeah, that becomes an issue. And I, I do agree mm-hmm. with you there um, with that. So so you had Neil at one, but you had you have my number one at two. So. I had Neil at one, so I had your number. <laughs> so, yeah, I had him at one. Uh, I, I, I think so we can talk about him. Why don't you go first? tackle on. at the top. Um, like I said, you know, Myron Cunningham, I think, is the most, you know, well-rounded but doesn't have like the potential as the other three uh when i look at him he dominates at the point of attack uh he's the most physical Mm -hmm. tackle in the draft uh the length is you know beyond good enough for the nfl in my opinion uh he's got great power monstrous lower half uh really allows him to to dominate uh as far as leverage is concerned very good athlete um you know he has no issue getting the second level which i do really like um and, you know, I think he could be used. I mean, I've seen it on mm-hmm. film. He could be used a, as a pulling tackle as well. I'm not saying you would use him a ton that way, but he can be used that way if you need to use him that way. Um, oh. That, that, that is something the, ta- the Ravens do a lot is counter and pull tackle center or tackle guard from left to right or right to left. <laughs> I, I, in his case, but well, I guess we won't know in this first season. But but uh, but they do a lot of run a lot of counter and, and yeah. And then uh, I think you know with so, his uh, positional that's a, that's versatility, um, I, I think that's there as well. I've seen a lot of people putting him at guard. I just wouldn't take a guard that high. So for me, if you're taking him, and I think he could go as high as number one overall, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not taking him to be a guard. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not drafting a guard number one overall. Uh, just not doing that. Um, he's incredibly smart and I'm sure you probably know this, but if you didn't, uh, he once held an offer from Harvard, which I, I love that. Uh, the biggest question mark for him is his inconsistent, inconsistent pass sets. And maybe in a sense, I'm almost being, you know, too nitpicky with, he is not the perfect prospect. He is not the most generational offensive tackle I've ever seen. And that's what I also want to say the, the top three, I'm not saying they're necessarily generational that gets thrown around a lot. I think they're very good. I think we need to kind of normalize. It's okay to be very, very good at your job and not be generational because, you know, I don't necessarily think any of these guys are, are Penny Sewell, who I fell in love right. with, uh, but I think they're very, very good. And they're going to be bookend left tackles of the future as long as they stay healthy and, you know, their career goes the way that, you know, it's looking right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the parallel to your comments here I would make is that Jonathan Ogden was drafted fourth overall by the Ravens in 1996. Certainly was a generational player. In fact, these guys are just getting to be the size that Ogden was, you know, 30 years ago, 26 years ago. Uh, it, it, he started at guard in his first year at left guard and then moved in, in his second year. But everybody obviously knew he was moving. Equano is a player to me who I think – uh, may start his first year at guard. You know, Kalachi Assembly is a guy who is often compared to him, but uh, he has that, that good arm length. He has that definitely really good mobility to move and pull if necessary, if that's what you need him to do, to get to level two off combination blocks. So I think he can do the guard job. I think he can do the right guard job. I think he can do the left guard job in his case. And boy, would that be a have a mountain like that on the move? Uh, would that be exciting in a running offense like the Ravens? So uh, there are things that I'm not crazy about in terms of him. I, I think he goes wide and narrow with his feet too much. So you 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 see him get real wide, and then his replacement step makes it makes or his uh, correction step makes him get narrow, and and that's something that that obviously can get Lyman off balance, and I don't like to see. Uh, he, I I really believe given. 
you know, some of the off-field things we've heard about, you know, Matt Burke went to Harvard as well, uh, you know, be a, be a guy that, that can learn his trade and, and learn his craft. And, and by the way, by the same token, I would have real questions about that with Trevor Penning because he's had such a um, long history of, of stupid stuff on the field because he's bigger than everybody. Um, you know, that's a guy who, you know, basically says, why do we need to go to the positional room? I, I want to have pizza now, you know, kind of thing. I, I, I just, I, I, I'd be concerned about that at the NFL level. And, and with Aquano, I'm not. Uh, you know, I think that that uh, he'll be a cerebral player and he'll be a player, hopefully, that, that I think the biggest issue I have when, it, when, when a guy Schroeder. is either going to Harvard or is like super intelligent is the Chris Borland effect. Are they going to retire early? You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're talking about a guy that has a chance to, you know, go get yeah. his you know Ph.D. or whatever. You know, super uber intelligent. Do you want to continue to play the most violent sport, mm-hmm. you know, out there? And risk, you know, injury and things like that when you have such a, you know, huge, uh, you know, potential as far as academically. <laughs> well, translating that for Ravens, it's the John Urschel effect, who had already had a an unbelievable PhD work he'd been doing or, or, or some sort of thesis. I'm not sure what uh, retired from the NFL quickly after after he'd played maybe third year uh, uh had played well in his first year. The Ravens had real hopes of him becoming a center. Um, I don't know that this guy intellectually is on the same level. And, and, and by the way, you really have to apply big bang theory uh, understanding to this is that there's a lot of difference from the Nobel prize winning uh, guy and the guy who can get into Harvard because of all sorts of good things. Um, but, but he's I, undoubtedly, he's a very smart human being. Undoubtedly, he's a guy who can lead an offensive line room. I just don't know if he's going to come up with the next theory of orbits and, and that's and okay. The Big Bang. <laughs> he, he's, he may or may not be that guy. And, uh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, look, you know, one other thing I loved about him, was he is just a pancake waiting to happen. Another guy who fits the tribal, eat the heart out of the guy out. But uh, his down blocking, he really loves to knock that guy on the ground. I'm sure all offensive tackles love to do that, but he really has the arm length to do it and the suddenness to do it a lot of times. That, that, That tackle is engaged and all of a sudden, you know, he's, receives a blow like a Mack truck to one side. Uh, Really love to see that. But uh, uh, anything else to say about any of these uh, guys before we move on? Maybe to some honorable mention guys who you think might um, be I mean, of I interest think, to teams that are outside know, if, of our top. This guys. is a year, if you're picking in the top, say, four rounds, you're probably going to get your tackle that you want. Maybe not the exact one that you want, but I think all of them kind of have a little bit of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think some fit what other teams are trying to do. You know, we talk about the the pulling tackle and how the Ravens might find more use for that than, say, another team that doesn't utilize that. Um, you know, teams that typically struggle to develop their own guys and, and typically have a lot of cap space and, and like to buy, you know, go out and you know pay for free agents. They wouldn't be interested in a Ryman, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. teams that are willing to stick with them uh, have good offensive line, you know, coaching. Um, you know, I think that they could be looking at a guy like Ryman or, you know, a team that needs a plug and play Juwan James, uh, coming out of Tennessee when the dolphins got him a uh, type of guy, then they should look at Myron Cunningham. Um, I think that this mm-hmm. draft is going to be very interesting because first off, we'll see where the first three go. I think they all go in the top 10. I think Penning is then probably going to get a little bit reached on because I think Penning could go top 20 mm-hmm. and even past that. But then a team could be like, well, we need a tackle and the, the top three are gone. So I could see him going like 11, even uh, a team trying to trade up and get him um, because then after that, you know, talk about it, it's a good class, but at right. the same time, there is a drop off after those four and there's probably not another first round tackle, uh, you know, after that. So, and then you get into who, you know, some teams will view a guard versus a tackle and so forth. So that's also it. But, there's a lot to like, and you know, there's a bunch of different flavors. And I, I will tell you, there there are probably some teams out there that won't draft Penning because of exactly what we're talking about the the attitude on the field concern. Right. I I, I think that there's also a real distinction in this draft between the left tackles and the right tackles. And there are a fairly limited number of guys still who are going to work on the left side. And it might be more than a normal class. Maybe COVID had something to do with that and people who stayed in, you know, the year before. Uh, I'm really interested to see how small school scouting 
impacts this draft because I think this could be a big year for finding a lot of value at positions, particularly in the deeper size and shape pools like inside linebacker and running back and maybe even safety, where you know they're they're non-obvious candidates, but they get drafted you know lower and they still end up being very good players because uh, those those teams lost entire seasons to COVID and their their players basically had to come out a year later. So uh, I, I'll be excited to see how that is. And the Ravens are known for, for kind of being a small school uh, uh, team. So that'll be something fun. Tell me, who are your guys who maybe are just out of your top 10? I know you mentioned some of them. Uh, just some guys. I, I, I do 10, like uh, Cordell uh, who, who Volson uh, from uh, North Dakota State. I like Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Uh, Max Mitchell from uh, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, Louisiana, uh, Austin uh, Deckers. I don't know if that's how you say his name from LSU. Uh, I came away really impressed actually with him as a pass protector. Um, and then I did, I liked your, your Nicholas Petit, uh, Freer. Um, he was right outside of, of my top 10. So he's also an honorable mention. I want to throw him out there. And lastly, I'll throw out, uh, Luke, uh, Tenuta, uh, from, uh, Virginia tech. I thought he was a really good pass protector. I think he needs to improve in, in run blocking and I'll throw an extra one out there. Cause I really like him. I interviewed him, uh, blaze Andrews from Minnesota. I think this is somebody that will be a better NFL player than he was a college player. And the reason is positional versatility. I think there's going to be a team that picks him and be like, you know what? This guy could be a lot better if we stick him at one position. The problem is he's played everything. He's played center. He's played left tackle, right tackle, guard, both mm-hmm. spots. I think if they can, you know, solidify him at either left tackle or right tackle, and I think he could play either, but I think he just needs to have a focus. And when he has a focus, I think he'll start to really mold into somebody who, you know, he 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 does the job, but he's not a finisher. So I'd like to see him, you know, get that that confidence. He's a great kid. We talked to him for about 30 minutes on our show. Uh, really big fan of Blaze Andrews uh, from uh, Minnesota. So that's a the name to to keep an eye out for. All right. Well, Max Mitchell and Tyler Smith, who I think has also fallback at right guard with good length and the ability to take that position, are two names that I had on my list. But the, the only name I did I had that you didn't have, which only name in the show, because he obviously did some great scouting here, uh, Obina Easy of TCU, project player, great length at 36 and change. Um, doesn't play strong right now, so you, there's there's a learning curve. He's not a guy who's going to step on a day one and start, but I think he's a he's a potential left I tackle. I agree with that, the left tackle stuff. I, I haven't seen a ton there. of him. Um, I'm thinking of him in the games that I watch. Like I haven't gone into him yet. Mm-hmm. I've seen him when Kansas played TCU. So like I also like Kansas football. So uh, I I did watch him. Uh, I came away with the idea that I think he's going to be one of those bargain bin type of guys that might go a little lower in the draft, but you could get a starting left tackle out of him if, if you know how to develop. Um, yeah, I mean that that's pretty much all I can really say based on what I saw. I, I'd have to go more in the film, but that's definitely a guy that I'll put on my list to to watch soon. <clears throat> all right, outstanding show, Jake. So appreciated talking offensive line with you. Wealth of knowledge, great depth of. of well, you know, I really do really appreciate, appreciate that, Ken. It was Tell a lot folks of fun. Where they can find uh, your work. You can guys, you guys can go follow me at JK Bogan. Uh, also, my uh, company website downtownrams.com and i have a youtube channel uh, which i basically have been covering the rams but i have all sorts of nfl draft interviews that i'm doing with my co-host alexis craft so we've been posting those it seems like every day we have a new one uh, so if you're interested in you know getting to know a little bit more about some of these prospects uh go and check that out it's the jake ellen bogan channel just look up jake ellen bogan on youtube and you'll be able to find it All right. Outstanding. Make sure and particularly give him a follow on Twitter. Great stuff on a daily basis. Uh, uh, definitely worth it. And I'm sure you got that from from this show. Other folks out there, if you're looking to do a show with me on the draft, got kind of an open mic thing going on. I'd love to hear what you think about the Ravens draft, what strategies they ought to have, uh, how they ought to look at their multiple needs, which they, you know, they have not had these sorts of needs in a long time. Whether if you want to do a show on why the Ravens should trade down, love to hear it. Why the Ravens should trade <laughs> up, love to hear it. I won't necessarily agree with it, but I'd love to hear it. But anyway, please hit me up on Twitter. DMs are open. I'd love to talk to you about this and, and always looking for uh, good fan-driven content. Absolutely. And appreciate it. Thank you so much. Jake, thanks so much again for coming on. And we'll talk to you next time.
on film study. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.